I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. Live and local on a Saturday morning, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. It's Warriors this week, and we're with you here for the next three hours on 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. That's the phone number to give us a call or shoot us a text. Whitey, my man, as always, it is good to be with you, and the Warriors have picked up a couple of wins here since we last spoke a week ago Saturday. Yeah, J.D., we always throw this word around in sports. That was unbelievable. This is unbelievable. That play was unbelievable. Steph Curry, the last two games, I mean, it really truly does border on unbelievable what he's doing with 18 of his 40 in the fourth quarter. Last night, Monday, 17 of his 47 in the fourth quarter, so that's 87 points on, I think, 47 shots. I mean, he's taking the offense, putting on his shoulders, carrying a heavy load, and still playing with great efficiencies. Had in those two games 13 assists, two turnovers. I mean, to see a player at his age now, you just don't see a guy. His, you don't see his game blossom. You don't see him take his game to new levels. Uh, I don't know that we've ever seen it before. So this this has been incredible. We're showing some signs here. The defense a little better. But it's all really the last two games have been about Steph Curry and the unbelievable display that he's put on. And they've needed every yeah. bit of the 40 last night and the 18 in the fourth and the 17 in the fourth against Sacramento on Monday, going back to, to them coming off of the road trip. They've, they've needed all of it from Steph. The, the defense was a little bit better last night after three days off. They, they looked a little less disjointed, like they had a better idea of, of where they wanted to be and, and how they wanted to, to attack the, the Cavaliers defensively. A good good young team in the, in the Eastern Conference who dropped their third consecutive game. But Steve Kerr said this Monday, and I think you know Steph is almost in his own category right now. He's just out of this world. And we can have conversations about where Steph ranks right now in the NBA, where Steph ranks historically now as a four-championship player. But that's the, that's the big-picture conversation. The, the short-term conversation is, and this is the part that has stuck in my mind from Monday night, and I think you could reiterate it, even though the Warriors won last night, the way the Warriors are winning games these last two after the five-game losing streak, it is not sustainable. Yes, better defensively, but Steph going for 40-plus and damn near 20 in fourth quarters while you're just trying to hold on. I mean, the rotation was shrunk again. Yeah, Eight-man rotation in the second half. Steve Kerr only played nine. He really only played eight because Jonathan Kaminga played four minutes and 19 seconds last night. Dante DiVincenzo was back, and right now uh, the, the Warriors... They're not playing any of their young players. They're not playing any of their uh, their their lottery picks. 
that over the last couple of years they've been able to accumulate, and they're doing it by necessity because there's almost this hint, Whitey, of desperation right now that they can't take too many more losses. Otherwise, they may dig a hole that, that takes them all season to come out of. Right. So the encouraging signs there, as you say, this is not sustainable. But as we mentioned, clearly the defense is showing signs of becoming more formidable. So that's great. That would take some of the pressure off staff. Offensively, Poole had a nice night last night. And then, I mean, I shouldn't chuckle, but we all understand why it's amusing. Anthony Lamb is all of a sudden, he's a major contributor. As you know, J.D., now I'm worried because we got to do something because he's on a two-way, and two-way players can't play in the postseason. So at some point, the Warriors may have to address that. So that's another thing that, wow, that's really encouraging. But is that sustainable? Is Anthony Lamb playing so well? How sustainable is that? How much can you continue to count on him? Because right now, they really need everything they're getting from him, too. Well, and for the time being, you just have to ride it out and and keep playing them. And the Warriors do have a 15th roster spot, so they could, at some point down the line, convert his deal into a a full deal. They don't have to necessarily worry about that right now, but but it is telling the fact that the Warriors, coming off of that road trip, have had to do it the way that they've had to do it. It's it's been, you know, the the team that doesn't always want to have to chase wins has chased these last two wins hard and they've been able to get the wins but you look at it they've they've needed Steph to do what he's done Draymond to be right there you know doing all the things that Draymond does well Wiggins has been a key component uh Kevon Looney who's been tremendous I mean he was he was really good last night uh a couple other things that just jumped out to me last night uh Jordan Poole uh, got going a little bit more decisive I thought last night he played a 14 minute stretch in the first half consecutively and of course he's going to play some with Steph he's going to play some with that second unit but I think he was just more I I don't know if confident is is the right word but decisive in his movements it seems like he's been just kind of pounding the dribble and and going back and forth and really trying to survey last night it felt like he he went if he had a lane, he took it to the basket. If he if he had a shot, he took the shot. Otherwise, he moved it and tried to get the ball back. Biggest non-Steph, non-win positive, I think, from last night was the fact that Jordan Poole looked a little bit more like his, his self from the end of last season. I know everybody has been wondering about the punch. Jordan Poole's not playing well. Was it the punch? That must have been the punch. We talked about it last week. Who knows, but my guess would be, and I know you, you, you were on the same page, that probably his uh, recent struggles on the court probably have more to do with the way teams are defending him. The fact that last year he spent a lot of time as a starter, then you're coming off the bench, with especially as, as weak as the Warrior bench units have been. You're the focal point of the other team's defense, and he's had to make adjustments to that. I think that makes more sense, but you're right. I mean, and that's Warrior basketball. Whatever you're going to do, you get the ball and you move it, you put it on the floor, you take a shot, you got to make a quick decision, and he played with more confidence in that regard last night. So that's a real good sign for them going forward. And you mentioned Wiggins. Wiggins is, I mean, the last two games, well, he's got 45 points. He's almost 
Uh, he saved him against the the, the Kings, uh, and then Steph came in and said, "All right, I got it from here." But yeah, Wiggins playing really well. Uh, also, again, the defense I think is probably the most encouraging sign because if they don't improve there, then they're going to struggle all year long. No matter what else happens, I think if they don't get more defensive traction as they're starting to now, they really don't have a chance to come anywhere close to doing the things that they will hope to do this year. How much of the the more defensive traction for you is the fact that Jonathan Kaminga played four minutes and James Wiseman didn't play at all for a second consecutive game? We talked about that last week, too. Uh, Nothing, you know, you don't want to pick on somebody and it's a team. I don't think it's any coincidence that since Wiseman has been sitting, they've played better defense. And I know the, the people, the fans that love Wiseman and appreciate his upside, I don't think they've really understood how challenged he's been defensively since he's been here. He's worked hard, but he, he doesn't have good defensive instincts. He fouls a lot. Uh, and even though he's put up at times this year, I think you'd agree, some of his offensive numbers have been fairly decent. But since he's arrived with the Warriors, he's really been an issue defensively. And I think that has a lot to do with it, especially given how much defensive responsibility the center has in, in the Warriors scheme. Yeah, so he he winds up not playing, I think. And that is the crux of the discussion today is the fact that the Warriors are playing better. They've they've been able to fight their way to a couple of wins down the stretch in these last two games. But the way that they're doing it, it's you know, they're doing it in in essence with by by saying that the young players are unplayable in must-win games. I mean, the Warriors got to 3-7, and seven and the Sacramento game felt like a must-win game. I mean, Steve Kerr went to Jordan Poole and put him in the starting lineup. Nothing against Kevon Looney, but he did it to start the second half against the Kings, really in large part to separate Looney and Draymond so he didn't have to play Kaminga or Wiseman at all in that second half. It was more of a, yeah, maybe get Jordan Poole going a little bit, maybe try to run Sabonis off the floor a little bit, but also to just organize the rotation in a manner to where it's all veterans plus Poole, basically, in a couple of minutes of Anthony Lamb. You have to do that against the Kings. Like It's one thing to have to do that against good teams, or if you're in a playoff series or an NBA Finals, the Warriors right now have deemed their young players, their lottery picks, unplayable in must-win games against teams that don't necessarily project to be playing teams in the Western Conference. That, on the one hand, yeah. while it's great that the Warriors are, are getting a couple of wins and things look brighter than they did a week ago when this team was 3-7, and seven, that's still a little bit problematic moving forward here. Yeah. By the way, watch what you say about those pesky Kings. My understanding is somebody with the Warriors told you last night that that's a 45-win team. Uh, it was Someone... it was Monday. It was Monday oh, okay. night actually. All, right. All but... right, Monday night. Okay, yeah. I have a friendly wager. <laughs> I have a fr- I, I took the under on <laughs> big win on last the... night over the you know the the upstart Lakers. I don't think Steve Kerr really cares about the two timeline plan. I'm sure he looks at it and says, yeah, that would be nice. But right now, you know, he's like, I got to win games. And, you know, Kaminga, Wiseman, we want to develop them. But I think as an organization, there's there's a realization here. And I think for some who, who have more at stake here in the two-timeline plan, it's probably a little harder to, to admit this. But I think clearly the organization recognizes, look, we got Steph Curry right now. He's 34. He's playing maybe the best basketball of his life. How much longer can he do that? We don't know, but he's doing it now. So, unfortunately, 
the youngsters, and you know, even Moody is out of the rotation right now. They're just not delivering. We would love for them to play better, but we just can't be throwing them out there right now and hope they're going to find their way because they're hurting us, and we have to take advantage of the opportunity that Steph gives us now. So that's where they are right now, and it'll be interesting to see if if things don't improve, or even if they improve somewhat, are the Warriors going to have to look at, at making some moves at the deadline? But it's just crystal clear right now. We can argue about philosophy philosophies and oh you need to play the young guys the young guys right now are not playable and it would be not so much a disservice to Steph you know we all have that debate how much do they owe Steph all of them yeah all of them really it's just the opportunity as an organization that you have here to compete for another title you owe it to Steph to them to yourself to your fans it just makes sense right now you can't say well hopefully these guys will get better because they've had opportunities here and they have failed to take advantage of them so right now you're not playing well, the other side of the equation, and I think you, you hear this sometimes from fans, which is, well, the young players have to play, and the Warriors have to commit to playing these young players. And I think the Warriors want to do that. I think they want to do that. I think the Warriors would love to have the scenario YDB, Wiseman plays 15 to 20 minutes, and Kaminga plays 15 to 20 minutes, and Moody plays 15 to 20 minutes, and they're all in the rotation, and... They may play well some games. They may play poorly other games. But the Warriors can still win enough over the long haul with them playing anywhere between 15 to 20 minutes a game for all three of them. I think the Warriors would love that. But the one thing where they've just they've been hit over the head with the realization in these first now 12 games that they are not good enough overall and the young players have not played well enough or are not the right fit with the veteran group in ways to where they've already realized and acknowledged that if you just give them the 15 to 20 minutes to try and develop them, that's a choice that you can make, but this team's going to be three and seven or yeah. worse mm-hmm. moving forward to do it. So if you don't want to be a play, even a, if you want to be a bottom five team in the Western Conference with Steph freaking Curry going for thirty and ten to twelve games and forty and back to back games, then. By all means, you yeah. can do that, but the Warriors don't want to do that. No, especially given the luxury tax that they're paying. It doesn't make sense. It's also, it's not all on those young players. And yeah, they have not played as well as uh, as the Warriors hope. They have not played as well as they want to play. But given the fact that Jamichael Green and DiVincenzo also, they were brought in to solidify the second unit. They haven't played well. DiVincenzo, I know he, he pulled his hamstring, so he's been you know hobbled a little bit. But even before that, he wasn't played, playing very well. So that's part of it, too. So more of the burden has fallen on the young guys because the guys they brought in, the veterans, to two degree take the place of guys like you know Porter last year and, and, and Peyton. They haven't played well. So that also creates more a sense of urgency. Guys, we need more from you than right now you can give us. So we have to do something else. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors this week here on 95.7. The game is the Warriors win last night over the Cavs, 106-101, and uh, made, I think, good use of the three days off. A couple of really good practice days in there on Wednesday and Thursday. Better defensive effort. Mm-hmm. I, I thought they got Jordan Poole going, which was a positive. Clay Thompson really continues to struggle. That was one thing I put out on Twitter down the stretch. The Warriors in in the tight game, 
and the Warriors wound up uh, taking Andrew Wiggins out. So Wiggins Wiggins went out of the game uh, with about five minutes to go, Whitey, and he was you knew he was going to come back in. It was just to get him a, a quick rest, and so the Warriors at that point had Steph out there with Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson – and Kevon Looney and, and Draymond Green. And so the question I had was, all right, who's, who is Wiggins going to come back in the game for? And I thought, and we talked about this a little bit last year after Clay Thompson came back, it was the, the quintessential scenario of, is this going to be the night where the best five on the floor to finish the game is not include Clay Thompson in, in that equation because he was just having a rough night, uh, obviously offensively, another just real struggle. Defensively at times, it, it has been not pretty for Clay Thompson. But I thought, all right, best five, you're not taking Looney off the floor because Cleveland is big and he's been positive. Jordan Poole's rolling. Steph is Steph. Steph and Dray- Draymond's doing his thing. Would Steve Kerr dare put Wiggins back in and take Clay out? He didn't do it, and then Clay Thompson, his credit, hit a three, played some solid defense in the final couple minutes, but Poole wound up being the odd man out, even on a night where you could make the case Poole had a better game than Clay Thompson. Somebody was asking me this week, would they? Why don't they just start pool and have Clay come off the bench? And you know, I don't think the Warriors want to do that for a lot of reasons. I know somebody asked Steve Kerr. You were probably there. Maybe you're the one who asked him. He was asked about that this week, and he said, "Oh, pool and Clay, they're kind of different type of players." I think we all know that there's more uh, to do with Clay's psyche right now and his confidence. And and you don't if he all of a sudden he's demoted, I don't know how well he'd handle that. Here's what's uh, troubling to me about uh, Clay, J.D. You go back to the Sacramento game. You know, the end of the game, and Sacramento, they're still ranting and raving about Herder was fouled at the end of the game, and he was fouled. He was fouled by Clay on that three-point shot at least twice, maybe three times. And even if they call it, doesn't mean the Warriors, they might have won an overtime. Maybe he doesn't make the free throws. So that's neither here nor there. But for Clay to commit that foul in that situation, when he had, as you probably remember, he had fouled another three-point shooter earlier in the game, and it was another bad foul. It's like, what is he doing? And clearly his struggles, well, they appear to me to be affecting his concentration and his play at the other end. And that's really alarming. You no, know, it, it absolutely is, and he just he just seems to be out of whack. And yeah, you know it it didn't he wasn't playing great the first three games, but I just go back to a couple of weeks ago when the Warriors were in Phoenix that that first road game and and that shoot around. I was on that trip and and covered that game and going to shoot around at Arizona State that morning. And Clay really thoughtfully tried to lay out what was going on, and I remember thinking in the moment. I didn't really think it was that bad, but but in that moment, he clearly thought it was bad and, and put a lot of the blame for the Warriors' struggles on himself, and then he goes out that night and has a brutal game, gets ejected, and I feel like it's, it's snowballed for the most part on Clay since, and he hasn't really been able to get out of that hole, uh, and, and it... it seems like every game it's one of five to start if he starts two two for two or three for three it turns into four for yes. 12 or or you know two for twos turn into two for sevens right now for clay thompson so uh, they got to just keep plugging away I, I think with him and keep putting him in the positions i mean steve kerr said he's ride or die with clay in the starting lineup but but also in clutch situations. If there was ever going to be a time, though, 
to not have Clay Thompson finish a game tonight or, or last night rather was that template and what I've wondered about where hey Jordan Poole's playing well you need Kevon Looney on the floor obviously Wiggins and Steph and and Draymond are going to be out there but Steve Kerr didn't didn't quite do it didn't have the guts to do it and in fairness Clay hit a three and and it wound up paying off down the stretch defensively as well Clay is hunting shots right now I think Kalen has pointed that out going back to last year. And he's taking shots at times, J.D., not because this is a great shot to take necessarily, but it's almost like he's trying so hard to prove to everyone and to himself, I still got it. I got to take this shot because it's going to go in and I'm, uh, I'm back. And he keeps taking those shots. And it's understandable why he would feel that way, of course, but it's really bad for the team. Last night, uh, let's see, had Steph take 23 shots. Second most shots were Poole and Wiggins and Clay. 13 shots. Clay was 3 for 13. The shot selection and the lack of concentration, lack of focus, it's really hurting the Warriors right now. And plus, and it's understandable again, but, you know, he had his issues defensively last night against Donovan Mitchell, too. 888-957-9570. Let's get it started here on the phone lines with Mitch on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Mitch? Hi, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. You know I'm a Dodger fan. Um, had the Dodgers come through, I think we've been the first siblings to win a championship in two different sports in the same year by the Thompson brothers. But I guess my Dodgers uh, blew it again. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> all right. Uh, I like to see him play the youth. I think you got to give him a rest, especially Curry. Play, you guys, you got so much talent. Go, go, see ten. And what you say they're gonna, they're definitely gonna retire uh, Curry's number number thirty. He's an incredible player. He's amazing. He's like Tom Brady of all basketball, but I think yeah. his number will be retired the day after he retired. Thanks for the call. No, no doubt about it. I mean, hell, you you could do it. You could do it right now if you wanted to. Yeah, but play the youngsters again. Mitch speaks for a lot of people. Oh, you got to play the young guys, and you can't. Like you said, JD, they want to, it, especially Steve Kerr. He can't do it right now. Right now, and look, this is – I've thrown it in, in in two buckets, right? There's the developmental bucket during the regular season, and the, are, the question you have to ask yourself throughout the year is, are these guys playoff playable? And they have not been, any of them, playoff playable. But now it's gotten to the point where they're not even regular season playable yeah. if you want to try and salvage – your record, I mean, the Warriors want to be a top-four team in the Western Conference, at least a top-six team in the Western Conference. And the way that they started the season would tell you that that may be a little bit harder than originally anticipated because there has been such a gap between that starting group and the young players. And, look, there's been other factors, too. We've talked about the fact that, you know, DiVincenzo had been mm-hmm. hurt. He mm-hmm. was brought in to be a, a more veteran glue guy. Jamichael Green has not been a productive player uh, in replacing Otto Porter Jr.'s roster spot. And Jordan Poole has struggled mightily up until really last night for the most part this season. And if he's playing better and scoring, I think a lot of the, the bench looks a little bit different, but the the one thing that's that's absolutely been true to this point is the Warriors almost have to treat every game right now like it's a playoff game for them to beat anybody, whether it's Sacramento on Monday, and that's not a slight against Sacramento or the Cavs last night. They're playing this thing out right now like it's May and June. I heard on TV last night that the Cavs are one of the elite teams in the NBA. That's what I heard on TV last night, so... 
Uh, they're pretty good. We'll see. We'll see about that. The one thing I'll agree with. Uh, they're not an elite team. I, I know, the Cavs are I know, not an elite I know. team. They're I think, a really they, good yeah. team in the East. People they're get nervous that the, the Warriors were going to lose again and say, oh, this is an elite team. I don't know. I don't know. Some I, of the, yeah. I think they're. I think they're probably about sixth. I mean, I look at, I mean, Milwaukee's better than them. Boston's better than them. I think Philly, when Philly is right, is better than them. I think Miami, when Miami is right, is better than them. So that's, that's what, four? And, and they've lost yeah, three in a row on this trip, and all three games were winnable, and they came up short down the stretch. Darius Garland yeah. right now is hurting them. But the people that say you got to play the youngsters, one thing about their argument that I will agree with is, hey, if you don't play them, um, they, they, they could lose confidence. I don't know about Wiseman, but to me, JD, Kuminga, you can clearly see right now, he's going the wrong way. Again, I understand. I don't know what the solution is. Coach Kirk can't play him, but you can see he gets out there and he looks like he really doesn't have any idea what he's doing. No. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Joe in San Francisco next here on the phones on Warriors this week. Hey, Joe. Hey, good morning, guys. It's one of the, you know, this is my, of all, I listen to the show, the station every day, every week, uh, and this is my favorite uh, show. It kind of has a cool Saturday morning vibe, kind of sli- help slide into the weekend. I really love it. Thanks, Joe. Um, Clay, um, you just said that Kaminga doesn't lo- look like he knows what he's doing, but does Clay, I'm watching him, and there's times out there he, I, he doesn't look he look he's I'm not talking he's missing his shots, yes. There he's brutal on his shots, but he doesn't look like he knows what he's doing out there himself. He's running around, he's passing to the ball to people who are in bad situations. He is trying to get open, and he's like spinning around out by the logo, like looking for what is he doing out there? He, I think his confidence is—I don't know—he's. It's almost like he's forgot how to play with Steph, or Steph is now playing faster, and Dre is playing faster than he did that when he was, you know, healthy. The, the medical—I would love to talk to the medical guys. Those guys, every single metric on all those players is, is measured. They know how his, how high his vertical is on his jump. They know how high he, how quickly he's getting to the peak of his vertical. What is the, what are the metrics saying? Is he back to where he was, or was he is he still way is he still deficient physically? And if he is if he's back to where he was physically you know, jump and how quickly he's getting to the top of his jump, then why is he playing so poorly? Great point. Thanks, thanks for the call, and it's a good point, and, and only they have the, the answers to that. I would imagine it's probably not quite where it was physically, and that's it, it gets to the conversation we've had where what are reasonable expectations for Clay Thompson because I know a lot of people came into this season with the high-end expectation of – can he get back to being the old clay? And I just, from the jump, have said that can't be the expectation. And I know there there is this sense that, hey, coming off this injury, the, the second year, it's going to look a lot better than the first. Like, at this point, if he can just be who he was down the stretch last season and in the playoffs for the most part, I think you would take that. I, I, I just keep coming back to we have to get out of our heads – that 2018 Clay Thompson, 2017 Clay Thompson is ever coming back. I, I'm going to say it. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to say it again. I think he can be a good enough player to help the Warriors win another championship. But the days of him being that guy that he, it's just, you can't count on it. We need to stop 
using that as the bar, Whitey. Yeah, I, I agree with Joe. I, I do think Clay is playing now like he's distracted by his issues and he's not focusing on playing basketball the way he used to play basketball. As far as he's the bullheaded man, he's playing yeah, bullheaded. Yeah, and he looks like he's lost focus too. As far as those numbers on his leaping, we don't know what they are, but we could guess because last night his shots were consistently short. And I was talking to somebody who used to coach in the league this week who said, "Man, Clay used to always look like he was open, even when he wasn't, because he was so quick with his release and he rose up so fast and quick. So even when he wasn't open." it looked like he was and now it looks like every shot is contested unless there's no one within five feet of him eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero more phone calls more texts it's warriors this week we've talked about what steve kerr said the warriors the way they're winning not sustainable I'm going to give you another reason why, coming back, that we haven't discussed why the Warriors template from this week is unsustainable. It's all coming up here on 95.7 The Game. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mitchell goes to work, foul line, step back, 18-footer, short, Looney defensive rebound, leaves Curry with a beautiful pass, on the break, inside hand, left side of the bucket, it's good, the Warriors take the lead, and the Cavaliers call time! Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. It's Steph Curry putting the Warriors on top there, great pass from Kavon Looney. We welcome you back here. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. 888-957-9570. More phone calls in a moment. I want to get back to one more reason, Whitey, why what the Warriors are doing right now is unsustainable. unsustainable. All right. And Steve Kerr mentioned it Monday. What do you got? The game. Bring it. Again, it, it. It's just the fact that the Warriors chased the win against the Kings Monday because the veterans took the game the prior Friday off, and then they had the whole weekend off, so they felt like they could chase that game with three more off days, and they were playing one game basically in a week, and so they felt they could chase that game. Last night, 
they felt they could chase that game coming off of the three off days. But now you look moving forward, and the games are coming rapid fire. They're in Sacramento. It's it's Monday. It's Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Again, here moving forward, the games are coming, and Steve Kerr's going to be forced into playing more players just based on the fact that it's going to be every other day with some back-to-backs mixed in now. I'll tell you why some of this may be sustainable, and I'm really just trying to find you know something to counter uh, your argument. Although your argument is you know obviously pretty solid, uh, the Warriors. We touched on this already. You look at the opponent's field goal percentage the last two games. Not to get bogged down in the numbers, but the Kings shot forty point seven percent, and then last night the Cavs. Some call them an elite team in the NBA this year. Forty point two percent. Now, some of the Cavs' issues last night were self-inflicted, but the Warriors last night, I thought the ball pressure, pressure on the basketball, was at times excellent, took Cleveland out of the offense. And I thought the Warriors, the whole game turned against the Kings at the start of the third quarter when first 10 possessions for Sacramento were they had a made two, they missed seven shots, and they had two bad turnovers. So the Warriors defensively are it's clearly better than what it was, and I think that's been their biggest issue. So you're right. They're going to need more help for Steph here when the games start coming more frequently. But the last two games, narrow went, let's be honest, I mean, <laughs> you know, they could have lost both these games, but yeah. they didn't, and the defense was a big part of that, and that's a really encouraging time. It's got to be a relief for Steve Kerr. And the 415 on the Xfinity Mobile text line says, Steph is 24th in the NBA in usage. What exactly is unsustainable here? He's just insanely efficient. It, it has nothing to do with Steph. Steph can keep putting up big-time numbers, maybe not 40 a night repeatedly, but but he can he can average 32.5 or 33 uh, and, and keep doing it the way that, that he's doing it. That's the least of the problems. The, the issue is... The, the fact that Steve Kerr's playing such a short rotation and that the young players are not a part of it at all. That's the part that's that's not sustainable. And the Warriors are barely winning these games with Steph Curry playing at an all-time great level, Whitey. Yeah, and usage rate is a great point to raise, but I think in this case it only tells part of the story because we went over these numbers earlier too. But again, Steph, the last two games... I uh, had uh, Monday 17 of his 47 in the fourth quarter. Last night, 18 of his 40 in the fourth quarter. At that level, that, that's really, really hard to do. I, I can't think of anyone else who's done what he's doing at his age right now. So the usage rate is important. But, yeah, as, as the Warriors are playing more games, to your point, that's going to be really hard to do. And last night, I mean – Part of the reason they won last night was the fact that I think Steve Kerr uh, outcoached the Cavs, and they had uh, JB Bickerstaff had his uh, he had his bigs like backing off of Steph, like and drop coverage in the fourth quarter. It's like you you can't do that. That's suicide. So uh, the Warriors took advantage of what was given to him, but Steph's not going to have those opportunities every game. It's just it's almost impossible for him to sustain this. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's go to Robin in San Francisco next here on ninety five seven. The game. Hey, Robin. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Oh, okay, good. Because I'm on this AirPod or whatever these things these kids call it. Listen, <laughs> you guys took my thunder. 
Whitey, listen, we're back to uh, Steph Curry and Pookie and them. That's what I call the bench. That's yeah. what I call the bench, uh, J.D. Pookie and them, you know, the, the peanut gallery. Mm-hmm. We're back to what they looked like from uh, the year before last when they had had to carry Pookie and them. And that's exactly what he's doing, and it's not sustainable. But I want to talk a little bit, too, about our fan base. Basically, he get on my nerves, okay? I think that the reason why I haven't been so um, critical, too critical of Clay, and you guys summed it up for me, is because of my expectation level. The guy has had two major injuries. And maybe because I'm older and I think about arthritis sitting in on me and I'm getting older. And nobody's what they used to be after they come back from some injuries like that. So here's the question I want to present to you. Do you think it's possible if Clay got out of his own way Change his mindset and to reinvent himself in terms of maybe a mid-range shot would be great for him. Also, I want to talk about his defense. People said that guy did the last call about how horrible he is. He looks lost in comparing his defensive IQ to Kaminga. I mean, what a slap in the face and an insult to Clay Thompson. He knows where to be on defense. His IQ is not that of Kaminga. But the problem I see is, you guys, he can't stay in front of his man. Now, he made two great defensive plays last night, but the, what appears to look lost to me is that he can't stay in front, that his lateral movement is not quite where it should be. If I'm wrong, let me know because I'm always open to being educated on something as opposed to being critical and having um, uh, unrealistic expectations of people. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks, Robin. Yeah, I agree with Robin on that. He doesn't look lost as much as unable to me at times in certain matchups to 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 get the job done. I mean, the the Malik Monk. There were a couple of games. I was talking about this with Steiny on our our Warriors Weekly podcast, and I had the the same thing happened in the arena. There were a couple of times where in the Sacramento game, Malik Monk went at Clay and attacked him for layups and just just beat him off the dribble and it was a point where at first when Monk made the drive I thought oh that was De- oh wow De'Aaron Fox really took took Clay and De'Aaron Fox is a very quick one of the fastest players in the league but it, at first it was kind of like oh that that's De'Aaron and then it was like oh no that's Malik Monk <laughs> like it, so it's you know on the and and Malik Monk was able to do that and he's he's uh, fine he's a fine player whatever but the point that I'm getting at is there's just times where you know, teams are going at him, and he just doesn't look able. I also want to come back to the mindset. I'll, I'll let you jump in here, Whitey, because I do think the mindset change is probably the the one thing that can happen. And I, I think the Warriors behind the scenes are trying to, to work Clay through a mindset change, but it's just so hard to do. He's just so bullheaded right now. It's It comes from a great place, but it's – it's defeating the potential for him to relax and be effective. Yeah, it looks to me like he's resisting what, on some level, he knows to be true. And he's fighting it, and he doesn't want to acknowledge that he may not be the same, and I can't imagine how hard that is, although, to Robin's point, we all have to deal with it on some level. But to me, I, 
to me, does look a little lost. Not like Kuminga looks like. Kuminga's like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. Clay just, to me, looks like he's not focused, and that's why he's making some mistakes. You guys are right. Uh, you know, when he's just not able to keep up with people, that's a big part of his issue right now. But I mentioned earlier a couple of bad fouls against Sacramento on three-point shooters, and, you know, he seems shaking his head. I think he's lost his focus a little bit. He looks lost in that regard to me where he's pressing. Um, Robin's right. If he can get out of his own way and acknowledge his shortcomings and find something that he can do well. Uh, I think you're right, J.D. I think that's where the Warriors are, and they're trying to help him find that spot. But as difficult as it all is, it's got to get better because right now he's really not helping them. And we go, oh, it's Clay. He's great. I know. But let's be honest. Right now, right, you look at the way he's playing right now, he's just not helping them much. He can still be good enough to help them win a championship, but he's going to have to do it in a different way. I think that's the the simplest way to put it. I did think last night he didn't take as many bad shots and and you look at just the shot distribution, you know, that for him to take 13 and yes he was 3 of 13 and you could make the case and a couple on the text line have said hey maybe Wiggins needs to to get a few more shots as compared to Clay. I I thought last night Clay was just missing more than forcing, but to me that's the first step is take an open shot don't necessarily hunt in the way that, that, that he's hunted in the past. And if, if the shot's not there, keep it moving and get it back. You might The ball in the Warriors' offense will find you in a position where that first shot that you wanted to hunt, you may get a better shot later on. And you know what? Take that shot if you're open as the, as the ball moves and, and the defense skates around. So I, I, to me, it's just take a deep breath, quit trying to worry about 2017, 2018, and and focus on ways that that he can help this team. And and look, it is going to be different. I think it's it's better shots. He can't take as many bad ones as he did before. It just doesn't. It, it right. hurts this team more. Uh, and and I think they have to put him in positions where he's defending more wings or wing bigs as opposed mm-hmm. to chasing around the smaller guys. It, it, as opposed to the smaller guards and and the the guys that are a little bit more uh, quick at, at at getting to the basket and maybe beating them off the dribble. Yeah, maybe maybe last night was a positive in that sense, as you say, he was missing, he was short. That's easier to understand than just taking a lot of uh, bad shots. But he's, I think he's the one struggling as much as anybody with the idea that even though he said, well, of course I'm not what I was, but I think he's really wrestling with that. Maybe I won't ever be that player again. I think he's having a, a really hard time with that. Let's go to Jim in Pleasanton next on the phones. 888-957-9570. Jim's on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Jim. Hey, guys. You know, I just had to uh, chime in here. I've noticed it with the media, with fans, you know, friends of mine. Everyone's panicking, you know, and this is such an early portion of the season. You know, and everyone's talking about Clay. I mean, this guy had two huge surgeries, as you well know. And, you know, it's just part of the algorithm. So I think we all need to pump the brakes and relax here because we're not even in December yet and barely a month into the season. The Warriors have plenty of time to acclimate and let these young guys kind of get the role. But, you know, the biggest thing for me is it makes me think of, I don't know if it's the Instagram world we're in where, just seems like everything's results driven in a pressure cooker these days. And I just noticed it a lot with, uh, when Kevin Durant came to town. It just seemed like the media kind of dissolved, uh, that relationship. And I, I kind of see with the Warriors, like, we're barely in a month here. Let's relax and take a deep breath because if they're real Warrior fans are out there, 
They remember the Scars. They remember the Brian Cardinals. They remember the Mike Dunleavy. So let's just relax and try and enjoy this and let the team come together. No, appreciate the call. I mean, I think I think that's fair. But this team has championship expectations. Yeah, that's a great call. I appreciate it. I disagree completely. I understand it's, where he's going, but come on. They're 5-7, and seven, and that's after two narrow wins. They're, they're not a good team right now. Like, that's just – it's forget about a championship-caliber team. Right now, as we sit November 12th, the Warriors are not a good team. They have not been a good team this year. They've been mostly healthy, too, which I think is a little bit alarming. And, yeah, they're going to play better, but I think we are already at the point, Whitey, where I'm starting to wonder about the ceiling for this team. Like, as far as just, you know, is it – is it a championship contender? I think y- y- it's hard to count them out as a championship contender based on all of the, the championship caliber players that they have. And it's like, if those guys get in the tournament, can they make a run? Of course. But I'm grappling already with how poor is the regular season really going to be? Like, is this going to be a 44-win team? Is this going to be a 47-win team? Can they get it together and get hot and get to 50? I mean, they won 53 last year, and they started 18-2. and two. I know, so yeah. To get to, like, are they going to have an 18-2 and two at some point? I, Maybe. There's a long ways to go. Honestly, the way it looks to me right now, my honest opinion is, if they're not able to acquire a veteran or maybe two at some point here before at the deadline, near the deadline, I don't think this team's going to be a legitimate champion. And I understand the, the caller's point. You know, you got to appreciate what you've had, you know, Brian Cardinal and, uh, but those guys aren't here now. So you, you have a team that just won a championship. And while that window still is, appears to be open, you got to take advantage of that. One more thing about Clay. Some people talk about Clay and, hey, he had the two major surgeries. So of course it's going to take time. Yes, but that's not a positive. That that that's why there's legitimate questions about whether he'll ever get back. And I know people say you got to be patient. It's not fair. Well, he had two absolutely catastrophic injuries. So, and I think you made this point in a way earlier. You can't just assume that oh, he's going to need time. Then he'll be fine. I mean, not everybody is fine or close to what they were after. Uh, Taryn, the ACL, and the Achilles. It's a really valid, open question right now as to what Clay can ever be again. Well, and it comes back to me, expectations for the season. And this team has championship expectations, and not only championship expectations, but there was a belief their plan coming into this season, Whitey, was that they could contend for a championship while developing the younger players and having the younger players be a bigger part of the equation than they were last year. The Warriors won the championship last year, rat on the table that isn't really a rat. The young players didn't contribute to them winning a championship last year. Yeah, that two-timeline thing had nothing to do with last year, really. They they played a little bit here and there. There was developmental games. If you want to count Jordan Poole as one of the young players, that's fine. I don't count Jordan Poole as one of the young players. Jordan Poole is, is one of the core players now. And, you know, can Kaminga and Wiseman and Moody get to a point where they can help the, the the veteran players and get into that group where Jordan Poole is, I think that remains a question. But but the, the lottery picks didn't do much at all and barely played. And, and if Steve Kerr only really played him in the playoffs, I mean, Wiseman didn't play at all, but Kerr only played Moody and, and Kaminga in the playoffs when it was – he didn't have a choice because other players were injured. Yeah. Do you think? Do you consider Zion 
or Ja, like they're young, up-and-coming players. No. Well, they were in the same draft as Jordan Poole, so that's a great point you make. Yeah, 888-957-9570. D in D.C. next here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, D? J.D., thank you for your presence on the radio, man. Whitey, why are you so damn negative? Well, you're like a negative Betty, man. Yeah, you've been trying to kick Clay out of out of the rotation for pool. First of all, you can, you made us crazy being the best playmaker, a better playmaker than KD. I mean, you've been trying to instill pool in the damn lineup forever. Meanwhile, has not done anything, yeah. anything whatsoever to to to, to replace Clay. Come on, man, get off of that. Get Didn't say that. Time. That's your you're you're arguing with yourself. Go ahead. You're arguing with yourself on that. But continue. If you enjoy that, that's great. I can guarantee you by the end of the year, by the end of the season, you will change your tune on Clay, man. The guy needs time. Just give him time. That's all. I hope you're right. I honestly I, hope that you are right. I would love to see that. I'm pulling for him. I, and again, I'll say I think Clay can be better. I mean, he's going to have to be better than he is now. If he's not better than he's been to this point, then it's over. Like I, like I'm not, I'm not looking at it like this. This version of Clay Thompson is who he is now. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of if the level he was at before. Let, let's say Clay was a nine before, right? Just overall, it was sure. a nine, and he's a, I don't know, a three right now. I was going to give him a little more than that, but you're probably right. I don't want to okay, be too negative. Four, yeah. Four. I don't, I don't want to be too negative. Okay, let's just call him a four. Let's call him a five. Let's okay. call him a five right now. Yeah. Well, to me, it's can he get to a seven and a half? He's not going to get to nine, but can he be a seven and a half? Can he be an eight? You know, can, that, that, that's how you have to think of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. And he's got to come to terms with that, and he's still coming to terms with that. And the thing we don't talk about enough is the fact that this is such a mental hurdle for him that he didn't scrimmage during the season. And that's one of the probably has contributed to his slow start here. And that's really significant. I, I, I'm, that's not a criticism, but you have to acknowledge wow, he's been in a really unpleasant headspace for a long time now if he didn't even want to scrimmage in the offseason. 888-957-9570. Austin in San Jose next year on Warriors This Week. What's going on, Austin? Austin. Hey, fellas. Good. How you guys doing, man? Good to talk to you again. Listen, uh, I just want to give a little different direction on Kerr, man. I'm actually enjoying Kerr's coaching, believe it or not. I mean, I know that the record doesn't respect, but this guy is this guy's coaching his butt off right now. He's making changes. You can see him. His head, his, watch his face, and he's into every play, every possession. That wasn't the case. Uh, with Stern. He would sit back with his legs crossed, but this year he's he's coaching. I'm kind of appreciating that. Um, the other thing I wanted to say was I, I'm concerned about the fact that the Warriors can't miss on to two, two areas, guys, the free agents, um, and they can't miss on the young guys. They can't have both things happen this year to be successful. One of them has to work, and right now Dante and uh, – the other guy, Green, man, they are not giving us what, not giving the organization what they were expecting today. So we'll see how that happens. And then Bob Myers was on the other day, and he was pretty honest about uh, Moody, Kaminga, and Weissman. He basically said that he thought only one and a half of them would really help um, in terms of winning potential championships. So I think he's been more than candid. So you guys can pick which one and a half you think. I think it's going to be, I think it's Kaminga and, and Moody, some version of Moody. I, I think Weissman, I hate to say it, Weissman's off the table, man. I think that uh, 
the best situation for Weissman for me is if if I were him, I'd want to I'd want to move to another situation. I don't, I don't think the Warriors line up for him, man. That's that's just the way I think. All right, guys, thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Austin. Yeah, go ahead, Whitey. Uh, yeah, great point on Kerr. I'm glad you brought that up. But the thing is, and he's grinding down. His staff is coming up with uh, answers, solutions to these problems. But the the solutions are really hard to find when you have the situation that Austin you described, where you know your young players are underperforming, and then the guys you brought in to kind of help solidify and stabilize things, Green and DiVincenzo, they're struggling too, and that puts more of the pressure on the young guys. Bob Myers, I think, said, "I would take one." Point five of the three, if we get something out of them, we would take that. Sure. I do think at some point, um, you know, you're going to have to be looking at a trade. J.D., how about this? This was thrown out before the season started. I know a lot of Warrior fans have talked about this. This, I think, was thrown out either earlier in the season or before the season started. So I don't even know if this is feasible now, but Wiseman to San Antonio San Antonio for Jakob Hurdle. If you could do something like that, well, I think that would be marvelous, but I don't. I don't even think that's realistic right now. Well, a lot of I think you just said something that I think a lot of Warrior fans haven't realized yet, and that is the fact that if the Warriors pivot to a point where they feel they need to move off of one or or more of the young players, and I think Wiseman in particular, you're not right now getting superstar players back. Like I think at some point. The Warriors believe that they could get a really good player, and all maybe not a superstar, but an all-star caliber player if they package those young players You're talking together. about Bradley Beal in theory, right? And I think yeah. right now that's off the table as well because these players have in some ways been exposed to, to a point where – a team that's looking to acquire them is not going to they're they're going to want to get them for good value on the cheap like you may think if you're a bad team you bring Wiseman in you develop him in a way where he can just play and right. and struggle and work through it you love that but you're not going to pay a premium to the warriors for that based on how he's played with the warriors so that right. that becomes uh, a part of the equation but i think the the thing that stands out to me, and I jotted this down, I don't quite think Warrior fans realize that if you do look to trade Wiseman now, you're probably trading him for a role player. And you're not necessarily trading him for somebody that's a future key cog on a you know the I next know. wave of, of a big three, uh, well, I guess. Right? It's, it's hard to admit as a fan because Wiseman has, when he was brought in with the second pick, team this good doesn't normally get the second pick. This could be a franchise center. When's the last time the Warriors had a franchise center? Things haven't worked out. A, a lot of it has not been his fault. But here we are. All right, still want to compete for a championship this year. It's just managing your assets. I'm with you. I think I think if they made a trade anything like that, and this wasn't a rumor, this is, you know, somebody said, hey, how about this? I'm not saying that they've talked about this, but if the Warriors make a trade anything like that, for a lot of fans, it's going to be, wait a minute, why are you giving away a potential franchise center for a, a, a guy who's, you know, a, a rotational player? And I think that the fact of the matter is the Warriors right now are very close to the realization, the admission, not there yet, but the admission that, Wiseman's not going to be ever be, at least in the foreseeable, the player that they hoped he'd be when they drafted him. 
He's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. 888-957-9570. One hour in the books. We've got two more hours to come. Bobby, Dory, Carl, we're getting to you straight out of the chute. We'll also explore this trade option. And I want to come back to what Bob Myers said earlier this week as well. It's all straight ahead on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.